0: So good afternoon, and here we are at the second opportunity to practice loving-kindness. This will be a mostly guided meditation session. And as we begin, as we move in, just really wanting you to be relaxed but alert sitting comfortably, and there will come a point where uh, we transition into the actual meditation where I will make the same offering that Bart did yesterday, as I understand it, in case there's any of you who want to repose, who want to lay down, although it's not enough room in here for everybody to do that, so... Be mindful of what supports your body and your practice. It's just another opportunity, not a something that is being suggested for all. So before we begin or before we move into the actual meditation, I'd like you to just sit back and let some of these words envelop you and support you. These are various quotes and... um, in relationship to loving kindness and the heart. And maybe one or two uh, that are directly related to mindfulness, though they are not separate as you now understand. Rodney Smith says, Mindfulness begins for most of us with an individual effort towards being aware. Although this line of effort has its value, we are quickly defeated in our attempts to control and manage our awareness. Because awareness is accessible in direct proportion to the surrender of the me who is trying to be mindful. In other words, we cannot become aware through our will. That's being an example of unwise effort or unskillful effort. Mindfulness eventually becomes redefined through non-doing and relaxation. And non-doing validates everything. When our ambition towards promoting our mindfulness has ceased, we begin to rest in what is naturally available. Mindfulness effortlessly moves into an abiding awareness, which maintains itself in our absence. John O'Donohue. May all that is unforgiven in you be released. May your fears yield their deepest tranquillities. May all that is unlived in you blossom into a future graced with love. Ajahn Suchito, we can get depressed believing we're not good enough without really questioning how good do you have to be to be at peace with yourself. Ajahn Amaro, the practice of mindfulness moves us from contention to consent to contentment. Macrina Widerker, I will believe the truth about myself, no matter how beautiful it is. Jeff Foster, how to fall in love. When you shift your focus from what is absent to what is present, from what is missing to what has been given, from what you are not to who you are. From the ravages of linear time to the immediacy of now, you are reconnecting with love, truth, and beauty, and abundance is yours effortlessly. For in truth, nothing is lacking where you are. Nothing is missing from the present scene of the movie of your life and you are forever full and at the point of completion. The only reason you cannot find oneness is because you never left. The day is just waiting to be lived, so breathe in life, friend breathe in life. James Baldwin from the fire next time. Love takes off the masks that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. I use the word love here Not merely in the personal sense, but as a state of being or a state of grace. Not in the infantile American sense of being made happy, but in the tough and universal sense of quest and daring growth. So I believe yesterday, Bart gave maybe a few instruction and kind of a general information and education around the BV. So I'm going to continue that just a titch, and then we're going to do the guided meditation. So I know one of the things for me when I was uh, early in my practice that I found the practice of Metta, and back then, we're talking 25 years or so. There wasn't even so much of a mention of the other Brahma Viharas. It was all about the Metta. And I found it really challenging to do. My brain, my nervous system, my makeup doesn't uh, embrace well, kind of like linear thinking, linear teaching. So I struggled with it for many, many, many years. And then... I was at a retreat. I don't remember who the teacher was at that time that I had, Um, but they spoke to there being at least, at the very least, four ways that one can generate metta. So there's the classic way, which is using phrases or words, may I be happy, may all beings be happy, the kind of classical way of teaching metta, the way Sharon Salzberg has taught it over the years and the way many of the Asian teachers teach it. And that works very well for some people. And if that's what resonates with your energetic uh, meeting, then, then grab onto that, let that guide you, let that move you through the practice. It's also particularly, I think, um, useful, or maybe it's a little easier in terms of using phrasing when it comes to a friend, when it comes to the personal as opposed to all beings or um, benefactor or, God forbid, enemy, right? So that's one way. There's a second way or another way of generating loving kindness, and that would be that, a mem- that of a memory that comes, a time when um, someone who might have been there for you in a pinch, a memory of friendship, you support the generation of loving kindness, doesn't even have to be um, uh, prominent, but just this, this one moment um, where there was some recognition of caring for you, and it also could be from a pet or some other animal. Yeah, Doesn't even could be nature. It could be the moment you were sitting by the tree, being supported on your back by this tree. Then there's a third way, or another way, called creative imagination where you might imagine a situation where you are with a person, a particular person or another person that generates this kind of feeling of being loved and being cared for. Maybe in this creative imagination you're imagining something that you love to do with this someone, and it generates the warmth of heart in your body. And then a fourth way or another way is a body memory. Our bodies have memory and our bodies have expressions of emotions and energetic experiences. So a time when the body felt at ease, felt relaxed, felt peaceful, a kinesthetic memory. So just giving you some other ways that you may be able to connect into uh, loving kindness or the Brahma Viharas. And, you know, we're kind of bringing this forward in a solid good way in this retreat because it's my experience and my belief that part of what has been not so balanced maybe in the Dhamma or at least the Dhamma the way it's been taught um, is that the leaning into or the hierarchical um, uh, supposition that the wisdom aspect of the practice is what to go for. Concentration. The mata. Right? And I think that's been part of what has made it not as accessible to people that we need the balance of the wisdom and the heart. So, in this kind of possibility for generating these feelings of loving kindness, remembering your own goodness, you know, even being here at the retreat. Feeling goodwill towards yourself. Like this might sound a little hokey to many of you, but one of the images or visuals that I have for myself is sitting under a soft and gentle flowering raining of rose petals. Right away, it generates a particular sensation, a particular felt sense in the body. So whatever does you, figure it out. It could be useful. Extending a kindness, a friendliness to ourselves, tapping into that energetic field of kindness and friendliness, and really whether believing it or not, yeah, maybe faking it until you make it, and understanding that you too deserve love and kindness. I've been saying this a lot today in the in the uh, group meetings, not so much particularly in relationship to loving kindness, but just in general to remember that we are engaged here in an incremental practice. And all of these things, the phrases, the other these are just guidelines, these are just helpful tools, not the end game, right? Just ways to get there. This loving kindness is the heart space, the felt place that creates the conditions for freedom to emerge. This practice and the power of loving-kindness and the other Brahma-viharas, which in Pali are the heavenly abodes, in general provide the soil from which the understanding of the knowing of non-separation grows. The practice of loving-kindness is the wellspring practice that nourishes and enriches the mindfulness practice and it requires the same non-judging, non-grasping, non-comparing, non-rejecting, leaning into the present moment. This practice of loving kindness builds the foundation of understanding that then lays out the conditions for calmness, clarity of mind and heart and wisdom. The Buddha, it is said, described the spiritual path that leads to freedom as the liberation of the heart, which is love. And he taught a systematic, integrated path that moves the heart out of isolating contraction into true connection. Abandoning or putting down unskillful states and habits that's what we're about that's what we've been about for these two days so far and will continue to be about that cause suffering will not happen if generated by a desire to get rid of these things rid of these states rid of these phenomena rid of these situations and circumstances or to have it be another way nor can it happen out of fear or contempt Abandoning the unskillful is not accomplished by angrily pushing or shoving away our habits of separation. We can transform these habits and mind states as we come to truly know and love ourselves and all beings in the universal sense. There comes a time in practice, which we started to hear about a little bit today from some of you, where it becomes difficult, becomes challenging. You're kind of uh, blown around, battered, bruised. Like, stuff just is coming up on whatever plane, mental, emotional, psychological, physical. The unarmoring of the heart is happening. And what the practice does is hold you and uh, Mm. provide some grace for that to happen with as little suffering as possible. Note, I said suffering, not pain. I saw on the meal board that somebody wrote, in life, what is it? Pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. That's one of the things we're working on. Harriet Tubman, who some of you know or uh, about or heard, was uh, one of the major conductors on the Underground Railroad. So she's one of the people that uh, moved people who had been enslaved, African people that had been enslaved, to freedom from the south to the north, underground. It was a network of people, black and white, who were committed to that happening. I believe, I don't remember the exact number, but I believe she ushered about 390 people in the South during slavery. Talk about arduous, difficult, challenging. And this is what she says. This is what she says about that process. And when I read it, I was like, oh, that's like meditating. If you hear the dog's keep going. If you see the torches, keep going. If there is shouting after you, keep going. Don't ever stop, keep going. If you want a taste of freedom, keep going. One last piece before we start the meditation. Um, it can be helpful for some of us, whatever the energy is on the word or experience or whatever in terms of loving kindness could be for some of us an obstacle or a block from engaging with this practice. So another way to think about loving kindness is that of goodwill. Basically, it's much, um, there is more ease with offering goodwill to others, and ourselves sometimes, actually, also. Um, Because there's not as much energy, history, ajana, whatever, on it. So sometimes it can be really helpful to think about it in terms of goodwill. And to Nisaro, spoke about a situation with his teacher um, that kind of describes what this attitude of goodwill is about. Ajahn Fuang, my teacher, once discovered that a snake had moved into his room. Every time he entered the room, he saw it slip into a narrow space behind a storage cabinet. And even though he tried leaving the door to the room open during the daytime, the snake wasn't willing to leave. So for three days, they lived together. He was very careful not to startle the snake or make it feel threatened by his presence. But finally, on the evening of the third day, as he was sitting in meditation, he addressed the snake quietly in his mind. He said, look, it's not that I don't like you. I don't have any bad feelings for you. But our minds work in different ways. It'd be very easy for there to be a misunderstanding between us now there are a lot of places out in the woods where you can live without the uneasiness of living with me and as he sat there spreading thoughts of meta to the snake the snake left so when it gets hard remember that goodwill goodwill okay so i think we can begin the guided meditation. So, whatever posture you're going to be in for the next bit of time, relaxed, alert, warm enough, body supported. Remembering that as we go along, if you need to make adjustments to do that and do it mindfully. Or if you start to get sleepy, you can stand up or open your eyes. Just as a context for loving-kindness or goodwill, it is said that the benefits of practicing loving-kindness are you will sleep better, you will wake easily, you will have pleasant dreams, people will love you, (laughs) celestial beings and animals will love you, devas will protect you, External dangers such as poisons, weapons, and fire will not harm you. Your face will be radiant. Your mind will be serene. You will be unconfused. You will be born in happy realms. So this guided meditation that we are going to engage with is a receptive practice. You all have been working hard and at this point in the, in the retreat I like to offer this as a way for you to just kind of lay back and receive and receive being in a, a position, being grounded in being present. Yeah. So we're going to work with the benefactor. A benefactor being a person who gives some form of help, support, care to benefit you, a person, a group, an organization. The word benefactor comes from Latin, bene, good, and factor, maker, good maker. So we will begin by bringing in people who are called benefactors. Benefactors of love, a receptive mode rather than an extending mode. A benefactor is anyone who expresses or shows kindness, love, care, interest in you. Pets, children, someone you don't know who inspires you when you think of that person. They don't have to be perfect. Perhaps they don't show this all the time. But when you think of this person, your heart warms. So just checking again with the body, finding this comfortable posture and position. Connecting with your body and having a sense of yourself being here, breathing, comfortable and relaxed. Feel and sense your body so your experience is here, right where you are. Using your mind to bring in imagery, memories, phrases, calling on the gift of your own mind. Begin by calling in from your past maybe your childhood or when you were just younger, someone or some being who was caring, someone who showed the quality of love. It could be an animal. It could be a couple of people. And recalling the feeling of how good it felt to be near them. Taking a few minutes to receive the goodness this person bought you. If there's difficulty here, no worries, that's okay. Just be with that feeling for a few moments. Breathing. Letting your heart be touched in any way. Receiving. Breathing. Allowing the image to come. Trusting whatever is arising. No need to go searching whatever memory is coming with it. Trusting. And we're going to begin to create a circle of benefactors. So let this one be there now and begin to bring in somebody from your ordinary life, your life now, someone or some being who has shown this goodwill, this caring, a loved one, a pet, perhaps some aspect of nature sitting on the shore the sun warming your skin. If nothing or no one is coming, no worries. Just imagine something that brings this good feeling. It could be an object. A place familiar to you. Visualizing and sensing into their smiling face or the warmth of the rays, the lapping of the water, the support of the tree. Receive the feeling, the warmth that may be arising in your heart. Feel the loving support breathing. Envision them sending you a wish for your deepest well-being and happiness. Then, begin to invite another benefactor in. And one by one, bring people in who care about you, who show this quality of loving kindness, Let them be around you, maybe even above you, bringing them into the circle and surrounding yourself with loving kindness. Receive the gift of care they are sending your way that is coming towards you, the goodness and the kindness. Let the benefactors in, whoever wants to come in, who has been kind, and you want them there. No matter what you think you deserve, just let it in, the warmth of their kindness. Receive this into your whole being like absorbing the warmth of the sun. Breathing. It may be helpful to place your hand over your heart. That's one of the ways to really bring the energy in. And when you feel ready... If you have not already, invite in your spiritual benefactors, your mentors and teachers, people that embody a great goodness in a way that has influenced you. Other holy beings who have inspired you, they can be living or not. Sacred beings, Buddha, Jesus, Kuan Yin, Jemeya, Oshun, white buffalo woman, ancestors, Martin Luther King, or other beings, you don't have to have had a personal relationship with these beings could be someone you know from stories or writings, Paulie Marshall, Gavin Harris, Bell Hooks. Bring them into your circle now and receive the blessings of their wish for you. Gently receiving the wish they radiate, open to this goodness that is all around you. Feel the warmth of their presence. And when you feel ready, I invite you to join them in their wish for you by appreciating yourself. feeling the warmth of your own goodness. Breathe and soften. You may want to mentally repeat the wish for yourself. May I know the deepest well-being. May I be happy and joyful. Confirm the words. Affirm the words. Connect with their meaning. May I receive this wish. May I be happy. And when you feel ready, Extend your appreciation back to your benefactors. Extending to them a wish for their happiness and well-being in whatever way feels right to you. Whether it is going to each one and wishing them well or taking in your circle, may each one of you be happy and peaceful May you know the deepest well-being and happiness. See if you can feel now this circle of love, of giving and receiving, Mm -hmm. extending and welcoming. Feeling what is here whatever is here for you, opening with and to loving kindness as well as you can. As we move into the wordless part of this meditation, right now, let it all go. Drop the words, drop the visualizations and the images without attempting to hold on to anything or get rid of anything. Just let go in this moment of the practice. Let go without any frame of reference for your experience right now. Let yourself be. Let yourself be where you might feel a luminous wholeness beyond the separation of self and other. Just let go into this experience now. Be at ease and at rest in the loving support that's here. As we approach the end of this sit, some words from Gavin Harrison and John O'Donohue. Heeding the call to a life of wakefulness, honesty, and a love-free attachment is perhaps, the most courageous and noble challenge facing any human being. This challenge calls into question every assumption that we have about ourselves, every idea about who or what we are, and every preconceived notion we hold about the nature of the world. We are called to step into the unexplored and the unknown. This is a movement into the great mystery of life. On this journey, we must die. We die to all attachment, delusion, and sense of security. This path of purification and freedom is not always easy. As we open to the depths of who we are and as the true nature of the world in which we live begins to reveal itself, there come times of shattering heartbreak, profound sadness and grief. Probably... There will be interludes of enormous pain, both in the body and the mind. So, too, there must also come times of great joy, happiness, and calm. May I live this day compassionate of heart, clear in word, gracious in awareness, courageous in thought, and generous in love. remember as I always invite you to hear the bell until you no longer hear it being present. And on that third bell or at any time in the process of hearing the three strikes, noticing what happens in terms of any habituation with the body or the mind or the heart. Be present as you unfurl your legs, stand up from the cushion, feel the feet push against the floor as you rise from the chair, present as you take your first step, present as you walk down the aisle and out the door, present as you have that choice point moment to walk or move or have tea or go outside and breathe fresh air, present as your hand reaches for the knob, present as the warm water moves down your throat. on to more practice perhaps excited to see what will come